core values, when we're living and breathing them every day in our lives, that's what makes us feel most fulfilled. So if you can begin your day like that with filling yourself up with that, that stuff that makes you feel like an amazing human and makes your heart feel full, then like the rest of the day is yours for the taking. Hey everyone, Emily Abadi here. You are listening to another installment of Hurdle Moment from Hurdle. I am so, so excited to bring you today's episode because I am chatting with my dear friend, editor-in-chief of Women's Health Magazine, Liz Plosser. Now her name may sound familiar because she has been on the show before, oh my goodness, what feels like forever ago now, back in 2018, soon after Hurdle launched. I'm going to link to her original episode in the show notes. But Liz is coming in today to chat about something that is near and dear to my heart, and that is mornings. Liz is the author of a new book coming out on September 7th called Own Your Morning, Reset Your AM Routine to Unlock Your Potential. And so it was natural that she came in and gave us some of her expert-backed tips on how to do just that. We talk about the importance of articulating what your values are to appropriately take full advantage of the early hours of the day. And she says something that I think is really important to reiterate here, that you don't need to be a proper member of the Dawn Patrol setting 4 a.m. alarms to quote unquote own your morning, but rather you need to home in on those values to really figure out what makes the best Goldilocks ideal way for you to properly start your day and set yourself up for success in the hours to come. So, so grateful for Liz for her time. As we say in today's episode, she was actually my first ever guest in the new Hurdle studio. So, so, so amped on that and just so excited to bring you these tips and tricks. Make sure you're following along with Hurdle over at Hurdle Podcast. I am over at Emily Abadi. And if you have an extra few seconds today, head on over in to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and rate and review the show means the world to me. And with that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I'm sitting down with Liz Plosser. She's the editor-in-chief of Women's Health Magazine, an old friend of mine. And uh, you might see clips of this, but we're in the hurdle studio. Yes, it is beautiful. I wish everybody could see how sunny and happy and colorful and just <laughs> Emily vibes it is. I am loving sitting here with you. <laughs> Emily vibes. It is uh it's special to have you in here. It's crazy. I mean, we were just rapping before we started recording about how much has happened since the last time we recorded. You were one of my first guests back in 2018. Yes. Um, I know. I literally have goosebumps thinking about it. I had only been in my job at Women's Health for like five months at that point. It was a big deal to do a podcast with you. Um, it was so fun and exciting and lots more came in after that. So I have a special place in my heart for you and for Hurdle. Oh, I was re- I was reflecting uh, yesterday in wake of media layoffs. I feel like this is standard uh, sentences these days, but in the wake of the media layoffs, like about my own personal career journey and thinking about like coming into your office office and going into Joyce's office and like 
getting my job itself. And it's so crazy in retrospect, just like all of the things that have happened since we first met. That was back in, God, 2016, at the end of 2016, when I came in, I started in 2017. Jesus. I know. It, it is crazy. I, I vividly remember that day. I remember reaching out to you because we had an opening in the fitness department and you were so cute and amazingly on brand and just perfect because you were like, um, I can come meet you immediately, but just just full disclosure, I'm wearing athleisure right now. And I'm like, <laughs> perfect. Get in here. But I think we had met at a panel before that that you mm-hmm. moderated. So like we had seen each other in, at events and I knew you were really smart and beloved in the fitness and wellness community. So it was a no brainer, but I know we've been, we've, we've been at multiple brands and through so many things together. (laughs) I know. I know. And what a crazy year for publishing, huh? I mean, despite what I just said about the layoffs from other companies this week, I think uh, it must've been a crazy time to be doing what you're doing at Women's Health. But also, I mean, we're here to talk about Owning Your Morning, your book that's coming out on September 7th. It is insane. It must have been an insane time to write a book as well. Um, yes. So I, <laughs> it, it's, yes, it's been quite the year in publishing and every other industry. Um, the women's health team has been working remotely. Our, our office has been open throughout the pandemic. And I have gone in um, as much as I can just because I love the energy of being there, though I miss the magic of all the, the humans in there with me. I agreed to write the book right before the world sort of shut down and the pandemic came into full force. So it was like mid-February when I signed on to write it. Um, and little did I know I would be doing it all <laughs> from home and like what a topsy-turvy world it would be. But I feel, um, I yeah, I will. we will all remember this past year, but I, I definitely will because there were many, many mornings I was owning, you know, where I was up at like, 4 a.m. because that was the only time to write and to get work done. Yeah, because the kids home all the time. You're a mother of three, figuring out the whole like parenting situation with working situation. So yeah, I mean, talk about a whole other level of owning your morning. It was. It was a lot. All three of our our kids, we have boy-girl twins who are 10 and a little boy who's six. And they were were doing um, school from home. Our nanny wasn't coming in, obviously, for safety reasons. And my husband was working from home. We got a puppy in the middle of it all, a Bernese Mountain Dog, just to really like up the ante on the chaos level at home. And Matt, my husband, our workspaces are literally like three feet apart from one another. So it was it was tight quarters. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't in any way glorify what has been happening in the world. And it's been so heartbreaking and devastating. But as a silver lining, I did and I have gotten to enjoy so much of seeing my kids grow up and getting to know them even better. So that's been a bright spot. Slowing down, really, really special opportunity. It's appropriate, however. I mean, you said you agreed to write this book in February. You have to start rethinking your mornings completely, considering everything that was going on in the pandemic. So it's uh, it's really special now that this is coming out, I'm sure, because it's like you're hoping to kind of get back to that like old school routine that we had. And now is as good of a time as any to get a jump start on figuring out the best way to go about it for you. And so I wanted to have you come in here today, obviously, because I'm so happy to support your book that's coming out, but to share some of the wisdom that you've learned writing and reporting this thing, because I mean, you know that I'm you know that I'm a big morning person. I know we we definitely have that that love <laughs> in common. You are like the one other person I can count on seeing on Instagram, but <laughs> like ungodly dawn, you know, pre-sunrise hours. But yes, the we decided on the pub date, like I said, 
we figured out the timeline and that I was going to write it. The book is being published by Hearst and distributed by Penguin Random House. But we had no idea that the timing would align this way. So it comes out the day after Labor Day, September 7. And fortunately, so many, most kids across the country are going back to school this year. So I, I just know for me personally, knowing that I have to be at the bus stop at 8.04 when my three kids get picked up by the bus driver, that's going to change everything. When they used to be in school and I was commuting into Manhattan, I had a very, you know, like my alarm goes off at 517, my workout begins by this time, I'm home waking them up and making them breakfast by this time. And that all got a little like fuzzy and blurry and people were in pajamas much later than they should have been and that sort of thing. (laughs) But now it's like fall, the seasons are changing, schools reopening, a lot of folks are going back into their offices or hopefully will be very soon. So I agree with you. I <laughs> I think we could all use a little morning reset. So for the person that's listening to this right now that doesn't consider themselves or identify as a morning person, what's the first thing you tell them when it comes to establishing a morning routine? Well, first, I just want to put it out there that I also did not, for most of my my life, identify as a morning person. And my parents think it is like just too funny and amazing that I've had this transformation because when I was growing up, my dad was always an early riser. He always ran before work um, and would want to get up early on weekends and go running with me or play tennis with me. And he had to like knock on my door so many times to, you know, I I could not unglue my pillow, my head from the pillow. So I totally get it. And I'm like, I think living proof that you can change over time. Um, We, there's science that shows that we sort of change our chronotype throughout our lives. So even if you weren't one as a kid or even weren't a morning person yesterday, there's good news that like your body is always changing. So I also just want to put it out there that this book is not about like, you need to get up at 5am, like, we do. You know, that doesn't work for everybody. And that doesn't, that's not like a perfect, wonderful morning for a lot of people, which is also completely fine. So what this book is really about is finding the things that make you happiest in your life. So it begins with an exploration of what your core values are. And then once you identify those, each chapter is uh, sort of divvied up by topic area. So fitness, food, family, meditation, friends, things like that. And depending on what your core values are and what um, you want to add to your morning, I help you do that, but in like micro doses. So if family becomes something that you've identified that's really important to you, I'm not going to suggest in the book that you like have to call your mom and talk to her for at least an hour every morning. It's not about that. It can be like a really small nod to those things that are important to you. Like maybe you send your sister a text message or maybe um, you take that minute to make sure you like kiss and cuddle your child before you head out the door. Um, But the whole key to this is that core values, when we're living and breathing them every day in our lives, that's what makes us feel most fulfilled. Right. So if you can begin your day like that with filling yourself up with that that stuff that makes you feel like an amazing human and makes your heart feel full, then like the rest of the day is yours for the taking. Right. So it's not necessarily like own your morning, aka like do as much as possible within like a three hour time span starting at Correct. 4 a.m. Correct. But rather owning your morning by giving you and yourself and your mental health and your soul what it needs so that it can thrive throughout the rest of your day. You nailed it. Love exactly. it. Love it. You know that I'm on board for this. So, okay. 
this person wants to be a part of this movement, aside from identifying their core values, what would you say would be the next step in execution? Because I think that that's where a lot of us get super hung up, right? It's like, yes, I, okay, I've got my values. I know what's important to me. I want to make use of this time in my morning, but I don't even know where to start. And it feels so overwhelming. Yeah. Great question. I actually begin the the book early on after we go into the core values talking about nighttime and sleep habits. Mm. So I know that sounds a little bit maybe unexpected in a book that's all about the mornings, but the truth is that it really does begin the night before. Um, So part of that is making sure that you are tucking yourself into bed and getting a really solid night of sleep so that whatever time you want your alarm to go off or you want to wake up, you are actually like rested and ready to tackle the day. I cannot emphasize enough what a difference that will make. If you are staying up really late or um, not sleeping soundly or, you know, like checking your devices throughout the night, then it doesn't matter how amazing your intentions are and what you have planned for the morning. Like you're just going to be going on fumes and it's it's not going to be fun or feel good. The second piece of the night before is prepping for the morning. So I know people have heard this forever, but it really is like the most crucial part to getting out of bed and kicking ass as quickly as you can. So say you're a person like us who loves to sweat first thing in the morning. I make it a priority to know what I'm going to do in that workout. So I'm not like, yeah, I'm going to like wander into the gym and let's see what happens tomorrow morning. Having a plan really makes a big difference. Setting out your sneakers, knowing what outfit you're going to wear, like actually glancing at your phone and checking what is the weather going to be like if I'm going on an outdoor run, do I need a fleece? These are all things that sound so obvious, but when it's early that morning and the coffee hasn't kicked in yet and you're on the fence about whether you've got it in you, those are like the deal breakers. And so I'm using fitness as an example, but it could be anything. Like if you want to get up and write a book or you know, you're know you working on a business or you have a project you want to tackle with your family or take your kids to the museum, or it could be anything without some prep work the night before and a really good night of rest that morning is going to not go as well as it could. A few things to double click on. The first thing, you've got to be honest with me, where is your phone when you sleep? So that I, I would love to talk about phones because I feel like I've had even an evolution this summer since I put the book to bed. But my phone is on my bedside table. Okay. Having said that, I do not look at it at night. And I have even begun – um, and this is different than when I wrote the book. I no longer scroll through Apple News or Instagram or check Google Analytics one more time before bed. I read a paper book and I dim the light. And then when it's time to go to bed, I put the book down and I don't look at my phone again. And I do not look at my phone again until my chimes alarm goes off. The next I love morning. that. I love this where for is you. your Where is your phone? So my phone is plugged in on my dresser in my oh, bedroom. So you, you so have it's, some distance. It's not much distance, if I'm being honest. It's about like three feet perhaps. But that feels like enough distance because I realized that I was getting – I was drifting from my journaling habit, which like I was so religious on throughout the whole pandemic. And then I realized that instead of my journaling, I was like picking up my phone again. And I was like, what are you doing? Don't do this. So in order to um, persuade myself to get back into my journaling habit, which I really want to, you know, keep 
steady. I was like, all right, we got to move the phone away. Yeah. So now the phone charges on the dresser, which is again, a few extra feet farther from the bed. And I try not to reach for it until I'm going to do the signature lace up like 30 minutes after I've woken up. I even have started playing the podcast that I listen to either. I will cue them via Alexa. Now oh, I've like so smart. sorted I that out that. Yeah. or I'll play them through my iPad. So I don't have any of the text messages and stuff like synced to the iPad. It literally it has internet, but none of that shows up. So I can just open the podcast app and like stream them to my Sonos devices. And I don't have to worry about like something that somebody else's need, somebody else needed throughout the night because their urgency at that time is not my problem. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's so interesting because I've had like a parallel experience with you. I was also a person who first thing in the morning, I, I, not in a bad way, but I, I didn't even feel that it was becoming unhealthy. I would, as I was brewing the coffee and like pulling on my leggings and all that stuff, I was checking app after app on my phone, grabbing a cute picture of like, what is my morning look like today, which became sort of a franchise on my Instagram stories. And it was really through the experience of writing this book and learning more about um, journaling like you, which is a new thing for me, um, and making a gratitude list, which is now um, a every single morning has to happen part of my morning routine. I needed to have that space where because I would go down the rabbit hole of like what happened overnight or who's DMing me and needs something or like what is that great mm -hmm. story idea? And then, you know, I, then I like missed out on something else that was even more important to me because yeah. the work's still going to be there 30 minutes later. It will be. It will be. And I would argue also that you can give the things that might need your attention better attention once you've poured into your cup, right? So like we're totally. talking about a fulfilling morning, giving back to yourself. If you take that time to figure out how you can better show up throughout the rest of your day through the things that you're doing first thing in the morning, then that's going to set you up for the I, I completely agree. And that you just like nailed the ethos of the book, which is when you take care of yourself first, you can then go into the world and embrace whatever twists and turns are going to happen that day because they undoubtedly will and be a better, not only human, but employee, boss, team leader, creator, mom, like everything else gets better when you take care of yourself first. It's I know that's like silly, put on your own oxygen mask first saying, but it really, it really is true. And there's there's literally like so many studies about this and different ways it's been researched and time and time again, it's proven. I just think that if you're, if someone's going to get hung up on the fact that like something sounds silly or cliche, I'm like, don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> like, true. honestly, just, I get it again. And we, we, we say, we can't say this enough. Like you don't need to get up at 4am to have a successful morning, but figuring out the right way to start your day whenever it's starting is just like so integral to the whole thing. So for someone now who is starting to figure out like what their habits might be as a part of their successful morning, what advice would you give to them when it comes to setting up these habits in a way that is attainable and something that they can stick with? Totally. Again, it begins with the core values. And once you figured that out, and so say food, like having a healthy breakfast or fueling yourself is important to you, say um, connection or collaboration with your friends is important to you. Now is the time to start thinking about how to create microdoses of that. Um, and you just have to look at your own morning and know like, I mean, for some people, it might be three hours before the workday begins. For others, depending on when your alarm goes off, it might be much smaller than that. And it's 45 minutes. So you have to have, you know, if 
food and um, healthy living in that way is important to you, it might just mean that like you've got a bowl of green apples on your kitchen countertop and you're, you took the time over the weekend to pick really awesome ones at the farmer's market and you're going to eat that while you're walking out the door to work. And so that still counts. That's a check mark. It doesn't mean like you have to make a beautiful avocado toast and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or the world's best smoothie. Though if you have more time for that, then by all means do it. taking a break from today's episode to give some love to my friends at Gooder. Gooder makes the only sunglasses you need to get after it. I'm talking about whether you are running at the track or running to brunch. Gooder makes unbelievably stylish and functional sunglasses that you never have to worry about falling or slipping. Seriously, whether I am on a bike ride doing laps around Prospect Park or tackling repeats at the track, these glasses stay 100% in place and I can't get over how much I love the way that they look. They have different shapes and styles for every taste. I am personally a huge fan of the Mach G's. They've got an Operation Blackout, an all black style that is super sleek. I also gifted Liz a pair of the Circle G's before she left the studio the other day. Hers were called the $9 pour over. Again, so many different looks for every taste. Of course, they have an awesome deal for Hurdle listeners. Head on over to gooder.com. That's G-O-O-D-R.com slash hurdle to get 15% off your purchase today using the code hurdle15 at checkout. Again, that is gooder.com slash hurdle, G-O-O-D-R.com slash hurdle. Use hurdle15 at checkout for 15% off. It's taking the initiative, it seems like, right? Like it's it's not like all of a sudden you're going to be able to quote unquote own your morning and like make that decision on Wednesday when you get out of bed and it's like, okay, I'm here to own my morning. It's like, no, preparation goes into this so that you can figure out how to show up the best for you. So I love that example of like going to the farmer's market and getting apples. It's just yeah. like you have to think about like how can I prepare to take better care of myself? Yes. Yes, absolutely. It doesn't just magically happen when you pop out of bed. Um, so there is a little pre-work, but then it's all set and ready for you. And like the world is your oyster. I think something else that we're touching on here is like, don't set ridiculous, unattainable goals when it comes to what you want to accomplish during this time for yourself. Because for example, if you feel the pressure that may come hand in hand from social media and you're opening up your Instagram, you're spending time there and you're like, well, I need this perfect avocado toast or I need this perfect smoothie or whatnot. Like maybe that's not really the move for you and that's okay. Like you don't need to should yourself into these better habits. Instead, you can really kind of home in again, we're talking values. We're talking what we're for you on the practices that you can maintain as a part of your everyday. 100%. I love that you mentioned the word goal though, because I actually, I think that can be a game changer for people. And we can talk about it in a fitness sense. You know, you're training for multiple marathons right now. So that 100% gets you out of bed. When you're zonked and not feeling it, but you know, you've got the New York City Marathon coming up and you've got to bank that 20 mile run you will get up with your alarm and you will do it. 
And um, to your point, it doesn't have to be running a marathon, Emily style. I, I talk about in the book a goal that I set for myself in the fitness zone, which was um, getting a full pull-up, which is something I thought about as a kid and then kind of was like had tried throughout my life and like I can't even tell you how wonky and weak I felt, though I'm a, I love to lift weights. And when I set that goal and actually gave myself a timeline, there were so many mornings when it was like cold and dark or um, – you know, I, I was like, oh, I could just run or do some other thing later. I could squeeze it in later. But having that goal and knowing like, nope, I've got my plan. And if I want to get my pull up, that can be a motivating factor to get you out of bed. I really would encourage people to set a goal that makes them happy and like lights them up. For some people that might be running their first marathon, um, but it could also be like learning a dance cardio routine, which is actually sounds like a nightmare to me, not like <laughs> <laughs> not a dream of mine. Emily nope. knows this because she's seen me. <laughs> I will tell you that I the biggest lesson I've learned so many lessons when we work together at Self, but I learned um, to never try to write exercise copy for a dance workout ever oh, again. Oh God, I remember that story. Oh my oh. God, oh it's so complicated. And you Do have a like sidestep a, a haiku amount of space to explain like a very complicated <laughs> choreography routine. Oh man. But, um, I think also here in this goal setting is again, keeping it manageable and like setting this timeline for yourself, which is so important in the scheme of things, because you don't, again, we're talking about owning your morning. You don't just roll over one day and start owning your morning. You just don't roll over one day. And I mean, you gave the example of running a marathon and run a marathon. So make sure that whatever goal you set, you do set sort of some sort of a timeline so that you can take care of yourself, your body, your mind, and you're not like feeling this unnecessary pressure because this is again, something that you want to do. Yes. I love that. I completely, completely co-sign on that. I will share um, another goal I set, which is less like a destination goal and more a goal to have a regular practice of journaling like we were talking about. And this is a perfect example of it not needing to be this like lengthy thing that consumes your whole morning and hangs over you. I give myself the freedom to write two sentences and call it a day if nothing else comes out and I'm not feeling it. And taking that pressure off means that I actually do it every single day. And chances are, much like a workout that you didn't want to do, and once you get started, you just like, you bang it out, I end up writing a full page, you know? Um, but knowing, okay, Liz, just two sentences, they can be like three three words each, that, that gets me going. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So what in all of your research would you say was something that perhaps really surprised you about individuals that are going to take advantage of that morning time? Maybe what surprised and delighted me most, and it became very much a theme of the book, is that everybody's perfect morning looks so different. And this, so the Own Your Morning franchise actually began, as you know, as a column in our print magazine years back when I first started at Women's Health. Um, and our readers just loved it. And it sort of took on a life of its own um, in videos and digital pieces and all sorts of different channels. And I think there's something so fun and voyeuristic about hearing how other people start the day. Like, what time do you get up? Or do you drink green tea or <laughs> hot water and lemon? Or do you drink gobs of coffee like I do? <laughs> um, and it's just fun and exciting to hear about that. And like everybody's morning looks different. And that's the beauty of mornings. Like you get to make them magical for you. Mm-hmm. So there's no 
there's no perfect way to do it. It doesn't mean you have to work out. It doesn't mean um, you can't have pancakes. Like, please do all the things. Um, and it will change too. And so you got to continue checking in with yourself. But I think, I think that's like a bigger theme in wellness overall um, is that I'm, I'm constantly surprised when readers or friends want like the magic bullet answer. Um, and I feel like this is something you and I have been educating people on for our entire careers and mm -hmm. will continue to. But the truth is that like there are a lot of different ways to do it. And it's really – it's about exploring, experimenting, seeing what resonates with you and makes you feel good and then implementing it, making it an action plan. In uh, outlining the different ways to go about incorporating different habits into your routine uh, in the book, I know you talked and consulted with a lot of experts in these conversations, let's say like maybe even about nutrition or something like, is there anything that these individuals outlined in terms of like, that was just so surprising? Or I mean, like you just threw a pancakes example out. Like did yeah. someone tell you like pancakes actually are the secret to the perfect morning? <laughs> um, I wish that was true. There's no, like pancakes are great. Um, I make them every single Saturday morning with my kids. I will say, and maybe this is occurring to me because I'm in your beautiful sunny recording studio. I had some interesting conversations with researchers about light mm. and I'm sure many of your listeners have heard that when you expose yourself to digital devices at night, so that's the blue light, that that can disrupt your sleep. Um, so that's something that I go into in the sleep in the sleep chapter. But the the flip side of that coin is that exposing yourself to light, and it could be with your device or it could be a bulb that has that um, blue color tone to it early after waking is a great way to naturally wake up your body. Hmm. And then even better than that, is to actually expose yourself to sunlight. So whether it's opening up your window shade or stepping outside of your house or your apartment or wherever you live and getting some sunlight. And it like the amount of cool research about light, not only does it, it's like caffeine for your body, literally. Totally understood that because I'm like, I always feel better when I go get some fresh air in the morning, but like it, this has been studied in all sorts of different ways and is really cool. And then the other neat thing about sunlight is just there's um there's something called color rendering that happens as the sun is shining and hitting different objects in nature, which is probably why we're all obsessed with taking those like sunrise pictures. And like I find myself when I'm jogging in the mornings, like stopping and just sort of like gasping at like the pink wisps of clouds and that stuff. Um, but that is like so good for your body. It's literally organically energizing you. Um, so if you can get yourself some, some blue light and even better, get yourself some sunlight as soon as you can. I'll never forget, uh, an ex-boyfriend of mine. I remember we went for, we went one of many runs together, but at one point, um, I had like grabbed a pair of sunglasses to take with us because we were going to be out there for a while. And he threw some like statistic at me, which was like, you really shouldn't be bringing your sunglasses on your morning run because of yada, 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 your body, the light, all this betterment. And I'm like, can't I put them on like 10 minutes in? Like, what, <laughs> what's, the, what's the problem here? I'm I'm with you on the sunglasses. Um, big fan of them. Um and I might be like squinting on a really beautiful morning if I didn't have those, but that's really funny. Yes, there's, there's tons <laughs> just, of fascinating light. Just research. a tidbit, a light tidbit. <laughs> okay, so we've talked about nutrition, we've talked about sleep, we've talked about moving your body in the morning. Something we haven't touched on yet, you mentioned family before and like connectivity and how your relationships are important to you. So anything you can shed on that when it comes to like better ways perhaps to connect first thing in the day? Yeah. So some really quickie ways are 
literally send a text to somebody you love. And again, and this is like such a theme of the book, this does not mean you're like opening the conversation to like set up dinner or like go back and forth a million times. You can literally just send someone a text that's like, I'm thinking about you with a heart emoji. And that makes them feel awesome whenever they get it. And it makes you feel better for sending it. That's an, There's also research backing that. So that's a very shorthand way to have connectivity. I think something else that's interesting, especially during these times when we've all been remote and like separated from our families more than we want to be, is the power of actually doing screen time with people, like mm. video chatting rather than a phone call. So if you're ready to level it up and have sort of a richer, more nuanced interaction with people, then do like actually get out FaceTime. We we joke in the women's health team because we're like on Slack and Zoom calls with one another all the time. So like, you know, we know each other as these squares, but <laughs> you can pick up people's energy through that yep. and their body language. And it's not as, it's not the same as when you're in person with somebody and you can, you know, see the posture and like how they're moving their feet and all of that. But maintaining that eye contact, watching what their facial expression is doing when they're when they're saying what they're saying. So apply that like literally to the various relationships in your life, whether that's an early morning call with your colleagues or a client or connecting with a child who's away at college or a family or just a friend. It makes a big difference. Makes a big difference. I meant to ask you before, when did your mornings shift? Like when did you make the turn from being a non-morning person oh, to a morning yes. person? So they, for me, shifted after college. Yeah. Um, it was when I first moved to New York City and I had my first job, um, you know, something about having to be at your desk at a certain hour. And I learned very quickly that as much as I used to look forward to workouts at the end of the day, I couldn't bank on actually being able to get into the gym and getting that workout in. So for, honestly, for me personally, I think it. I feel so awesome after I sweat that I am changed forever. Like, I can't imagine going about my day unless I've had a workout and moved my body. But I wouldn't be doing it unless as an early, you know, 20-year-old, I was at a workplace where I couldn't get in a workout at the end of the day or couldn't depend upon having that outlet and release. So, you know, I, I, life circumstances can sometimes affect our mornings in, yeah. in various ways. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I was out to dinner with some girlfriends uh, a couple weeks ago and we were talking about they were all going to like keep going out. I feel like I'm super late and I'm like incapable of being awake past 1030 at night. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to head home after dinner, but have fun. And they were like, well, you're such a morning person. And I was like, I am. I was like, but like I naturally wake up without an alarm on the weekend, like by, I don't know, 7.15. Yeah. Um, and like during the week, I'm like naturally waking up by 6.30. It's just like how I am these days. But one of them was like, well, I feel like because I'm not interested in working out first thing in the morning that like I don't really have a reason, so to speak, hmm. or like the motivation to get my day started extra early because like I can kind of do like what I need to do to like get to my computer on time, so to speak. And I said to her, I was like, but do you feel good showing up to your computer without taking some time for yourself in the morning? And she like took a step back and she said, I'm not all that sure, actually. Yeah. And it's so interesting. And I love that you shared that example. I too am the like grandma who's like, good night, 930 tuck in for Liz over here. Um, and like I, your kids are probably like wanting to bop around later than you are. Some nights that is true. And I'm like, okay, guys, you can stay See up with daddy. Yeah, no. Um, but um, no, it's, it's also 
we talk in the book about self-care and self-care means so many things, but literally like your skincare routine, your shower routine, your makeup routine in the morning, if you had built in a little extra time or sort of set that up for yourself, there's awesome science about like the power of touch and how good that makes you feel. So even something as simple as like taking the extra minute to like use eye cream and really rub it on, I would say suggest that to your friend, like see how she feels when she sits down at her desk if she built that into her morning or tried that little moment for herself. I need an eye cream moment in my, in my <laughs> we morning. We all need eye cream moments. I need, uh, I need some schooling and skincare. But aside from that, I mean, I'm so excited for you. It sounds like there's so many actionable, helpful tips in this book. And I can't wait to like properly, properly dive in now that I have my copy. Is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you feel like is like really important to bring to the hurdlers before we kind of wrap this up with a bow? I would just ask, and I hope you'll help me on this mission, I, I would love to see how people are owning their morning. As we were talking about earlier, the cool thing is how unique and different they look for everybody. And that is what delights me most. Honestly, I'll get DMs on Instagram with the hashtag own your morning and it will be adorable things like a friend in bed snuggling with her dog. And I'm like, amen. Like that is so <laughs> yes. owning your morning. I love that. Or it could be the avocado toast we were talking about. And maybe that happens on a Sunday when you have a little more time. Or maybe you are like a rooster and you're up at 4 a.m. and you truly are making like beautiful avocado toast. But um, so for any hurdlers out there who are trying to become morning people or just making more magic in their mornings, I would be so honored if you would tag Emily and me and <laughs> um, hashtag it own your morning so that we can share and get excited and inspired by all the different ways you're making your morning magical. I love it. And feel free to to make this a double, a dual effort. So if you happen to be doing the lace up and you want to also own oh, your morning, you can, you can tag us in all of them. Uh, and we'll both, I'm sure, be more than happy to reshare your awesomeness 100%. into the world. I love the, world. the M lace up and all of your followers who, <laughs> and I love seeing everybody's kicks too. they're so I know I know well thank you I appreciate you Liz how do the hurdlers follow along with you how do they support you give us all the details amazing so the book comes out on September 7 it's available on Amazon right now you can follow me on Instagram at Liz Plosser that's L-I-Z-P-L-O-S-S-E-R and you can follow Women's Health at Women's Health Mag on Instagram and also visit us online at womenshealthmag.com. She's obviously never said that before. <laughs> I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. <laughs>